Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Um, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced the crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear the word of the Lord. And so thank you, Father, for your word. Your word is powerful. And Father, one principle, one concept can change the destiny of our lives. And so this morning as we gather and we sit at your feet, would you speak a word into our hearts? Just a simple word, Lord God, let it penetrate our hearts. Let it find good soil this morning and let it bring a fruit for your glory. Bind every work of the enemy. Every lie and accusation of the enemy, we come against it in Jesus' name. Let there be freedom to speak and to understand your word today. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will speak. And I thank you that your word is going to make a difference in our hearts and lives today. This is my prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject thorns and weeds. I want to build on a simple uh, thought uh, that I believe uh, can have a powerful effect in our lives. Uh, Thought is simply this, uh, what's happening in uh, in us is far more important than what is happening around us. I'm going to say that again. What is happening inside of us is far more important than what is happening around us. God is more interested in what is happening inside of us uh, than what is happening around us. Can I hear an amen somewhere? Paul said to the Philippians, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works inside of you. Uh, to will and to act according to his, and to, to fulfill his good purpose. Philippians 1.6, great scripture. Being confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work inside of you, in you, shall carry it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God, ultimately, when, when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, where does he begin a work? He begins a work inside of us. And God is more interested in what's happening in our hearts than he is in what is happening around us. And what God wants to do more than anything else in our hearts and lives, he wants to transform our hearts so that we become more and more like Jesus. That's the process of sanctification. When, the, when we accept Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives, the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit has one job and that is to form Christ in us so that every day we become more and more like Jesus. I believe one of the prayers that we ought to pray every single day is, help me to become more like Jesus. I want to think more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, behave more like Jesus, react more like Jesus. Can I hear an amen on the road when there's bad traffic? mm, Amen. Some of the thoughts for this message come from some material by a guy called Mark Varghese. This is what he says. 
I have found over time the pebble in your shoe will do more damage to your walk than the boulder in your path. Even though the boulder is so much bigger, it's not the size of the obstacle that matters. It's where it's located. It's a great thought. J. John says this, the heart of the problem in the world is the problem of the heart. Everybody go, I'm going to say this again and then I go, mm. all right, ready? I'm going to say it again. The heart of the problem in the world is the problem of the heart. Mm. <laughs> You're beautiful. I love you guys. <laughs> to help us understand this principle, we're going to look at the familiar parable in the Bible. Jesus would often use stories, parables to teach really important principles about the kingdom of God. On the face of it, these parables were just stories, simple stories. But as you began to dig deeper, you found that they contained some profound meaning and some profound principles for our life. And one of the most Familiar parables is the parable of the sores. We, I've preached many sermons on, on this particular parable. We've heard many sermons on this parable. It's a, about a farmer that went out to sow some seed and it fell on different types of soil. It's a parable that ultimately speaks about the condition of our heart. The, the, the seed is the word of God and the soil is our heart. Uh, and he says, a farmer went out to sow seed and some of the seed uh, fell on well-trodden path on the, in Back in Bible times, they didn't have tractors, you know, seeding tractors. Uh, a farmer would basically have a bag and, and full of seed and, he'd, you know, go in and get a handful of seed and then just sow like that. And, um, and some of the seed falls on a well-trodden path. Uh, the soil was hard. The seed could not penetrate the soil. And so the birds, the Bible says, came along and ate the seed. That soil represents people whose heart is heart, especially towards the things of God. Uh, when they hear someone speak about God, they just dismiss it immediately. They say, oh, that, 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 that stuff about God, it's not even real. God doesn't exist. Um, you know, God is just a crutch for those weak religious people. In other words, their heart is completely closed to the things of God. Uh, then there's another type of soil, which is the rocky soil. Here too, the seed doesn't get much of a chance. It springs up quickly. But because it has no roots... As soon as the sun hits the wheat, uh, the, the sun is, heats, uh, the, wheat, the wheat dies. And that's true of some people that come to Christ with great joy. You know, these are, these are people who come to hear about Christ and, and, and they come to Christ with great joy. They say, this stuff is amazing. You know, the, 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 I, I never saw this before. It's incredible. And, and, and uh, you know, for a few weeks, they're coming to church. They're reading their Bible. They're singing their songs. They're buying the CDs. But because they don't take the time to deepen their faith, but because they don't take the time to, to get to know God in a greater and a deeper way, as soon as a trial comes, as soon as a difficulty comes, they leave God. They kind of come to God because they think he's a Santa Claus. That, you know, they're going to be able to pray and God is just going to deliver at the door. And they discover that God isn't quite like that. And so as soon as a difficulty comes, they say they leave God. Third soil is the one that has the thorns. I'll come back to that one in just a moment. And then there's the fourth kind of soil where the seed finds good soil and it produces a great harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And this is the soil that we want. Can I hear an amen? I want good soil. I want a heart that is receptive to the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, it finds a place in our heart and produces a great harvest. I always want to be open to God speaking to me. I always want to be open to the Holy Spirit saying something in my life. That's why I believe every single day we need to go to the Word of God, which is 
the holy book. It's the, it's the Bible. It is the Word of God. That's why every day we should open the Bible and just read a chapter or read two. And before we do, just, just, just pray a simple prayer. Lord, speak to me through your Word. Let my heart be receptive to hear from you, O oh God. And as, as we do that and our, our heart is open to hear from God, God begins to speak to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, the third soil is the one that's interesting for me. Bible says the seed fell on good soil and the seed takes root and the wheat is growing fine. But not only is the wheat growing, so are thorns and they choke the life out of the wheat. Kind of, you know, I had a pitch I was going to shop, forgot it. Um, and and it, you could just imagine it's, it's the thorns choking the wheat. Notice what Jesus says as he explains this parable. Uh, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life. And the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what was sown. Difference between the third soil and the fourth soil is not the soil. The soil is actually fine. The seed goes into the soil and the plant's growing. The wheat is growing just fine. The problem with the third soil is not what is growing. The problem is what else is growing. It's not that the plant can't grow. It's that thorns are growing alongside of it. How many people know weeds can grow anywhere, but they can grow better in good soil? They love soil that's been fertilized. They grow even faster in that kind of soil. The difference between the soil with thorns... And the good soil is just one simple thing, gardening. How many people here like gardening? How many people love gardening? Good, God bless you. God bless you. Some people find gardening relaxing and enjoyable. Uh, it kind of recharges their batteries. It doesn't recharge nothing in me. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I'm trying with gardening. I really am. I'm plant, I've planted some fruit trees. I tried some veggies. I had a veggie patch. But it feels like it's never quite right. I don't know about you, but that's the way it is for me. There's always a reason why the veggies are not growing. First of all, someone said, oh, it's the soil that's bad. It's clayey soil. So you get to get... So I had dug the thing up this deep and, you know, got rid of that soil, got some new soil in, planted the veggies, nothing, zero. And some people say, well, you're not watering it enough, so i got a watering system. You know, I finally got it all working beautiful every day. Watering is still not working. There's always a problem. There's always a reason why, why my, 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 uh, my plants are not growing. It frustrates the daylights out of me. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Uh, in our home, gardening is optional. But gardening our heart is not optional, it's essential. See, we can have a soft heart, but never see fruit because the thorns are choking it. Proverbs says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows out of it. Um, the word guard there is the Hebrew word to protect. Uh, it also means to watch carefully, to take care of, to garden like you do a plant. Guard your heart. Understand that your heart is, is, is extremely important. Everything flows out of your heart, so take care of it. Nourish it. 
Take care of it like you would a plant or a fruit tree. Because if you don't, they can have a profound effect on your life. Jesus said this, speaking about uh, the importance of the heart as well. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus is speaking here about the importance of our heart and taking care of our heart. If you want to know what's inside of your heart, just check what's coming out of your mouth. Mm. Uh, in the parable, Jesus mentions a couple of thorns, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Isn't that incredible? One of the, one of the ways that the enemy uses to choke the fruit in our lives, he, he doesn't mind the soil, that's good, because he can't really change the condition of the heart. But he uses thorns. One of those thorns is the worries of life. We worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, the week after, etc., etc. We don't think about eternity. We only ever think about what's happening in this life. And then he talks about the deceitfulness of wealth. We heard about that uh, this last Wednesday night. We heard about the deceitfulness of wealth, that we pull all our energy into wealth as if wealth is going to solve all of our problems. And we think if we just have just a little bit more, then everything's going to be fine. I'm just going to work a little bit more. I'm just going to you know, take a second job. It's only going to be for six months. And then all my problems are going to be solved. Some people think if they win the lottery, it's all going to be fine. How many people know that's when your problems are going to start? Because the relatives are going to start circling. The friends are going to start circling. And then, you, and then you've got to start worrying, well, where do I invest it? Who do I trust? Who do I not trust? I'd rather be poor. <laughs> not true. Uh, anyway, um, listen, what these things will do is stop us from being the people God has called us to be. It's not money. It's the love of money. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. It's the deceitfulness of pleasure. It says another, one of the other gospels. It's the deceitfulness of this. We chase after this like it's going to provide something for me. It never provides. It never delivers what it promises. Learn to be content where you are. If you can't be content with little, you're not going to be content with much. It's the thorns that will stop our heart from producing fruit. Jesus then tells another parable after this one in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this. He replied, the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Now, notice the difference in this parable. In the first parable, gardening is not only important, it's essential. It's the difference between fruitfulness, 30, 60, 100 fold. In the next parable, the servants say, should we get rid of the weeds? Should we do some gardening? And the farmer says, no. No, 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 do not go and do the gardening at all. You just leave the weeds alone. How many people are a little bit confused now this morning? How many people are wondering, well, what, what, what's, what's the deal here? How do we reconcile these two parables? What was Jesus saying? 
In order to reconcile these two parables, we need to first understand the difference between the thorns in our life and the weeds in our life. How we treat the thorns in our life is very different to how we treat the weeds in our life. Jesus is saying we're to be ruthless with the thorns, but we're to ignore the weeds. The thorns are the issues of our heart. We're not to leave them alone. We're to pull them out. We're to get rid of them. The, the, the thorns represent the issues inside of our heart. When, when, when we see something that isn't quite right, we're to get in there and pull those thorns out. Weeds, on the other hand, are the people in our life. Jesus says, leave them alone. Now, this is a really important distinction and we need to understand the difference. The weeds are what's happening around you. The thorns are what's happening inside of you. The weeds are what people did to you. The thorns are the effect of what they did inside of you. Weeds are not our responsibility. The thorns are. So much of our attention and focus on, on the situations we're in, the things that happen to us, uh, the people around us. So we think if this hadn't happened to me, if I had different parents, if I hadn't made that decision, then my life would be different. We're always thinking about the circumstances we're in. And if our circumstances would change, then our life would be different. We put so much energy and focus on what's happening around us. God is saying it's not so much the weeds it's not so much what's happened to us that can damage us. It's how we process or respond to what's happening to us that has the greatest capacity to do the greatest damage in our hearts and in our lives. God is saying, leave the weeds alone. It's the thorns that will kill you. You see, there are so many things in life we can't change. We can't change the people around us, can we? Oh, you can try. Good luck. <laughs> you know, we, we think we can change the people around us because they're always the problem. Hmm? Amen? Hmm. A few husbands and wives nudging a little bit there. We can't change what's happened to us. We can't change the past. What we can change is how we respond to those events. What we can change is how we respond to the past, how we process the situations that have happened in our life. We can't change other people. The only person we can change is a numero uno, us. <laughs> and God is more interested in what's happening in us, listen carefully, than what's happening around us. If you're still confused, let me give you some examples. The weed is the person that hurt and wounded us. I'm sure we've all got one of those in our lives. That's the weed. The thorn is the unforgiveness in our heart. The person won't kill you. They don't even know they've hurt you. But the unforgiveness will. The unforgiveness will eat away at you day in and day out. You'll become a servant to that situation. The situation or that person won't hurt you. The unforgiveness in your heart will. The weed is the abusive parent that abandoned us. The thorn is the rejection in our heart. Parents didn't even know that they hurt you in some way, but they put something, something was sown inside of you, rejection. The weed won't kill us, the rejection will. The weed is the terrible boss at work. <laughs> the thorn is the resentment we feel towards them. The weed is the car accident we had. The thorn is the fear we now have of driving. How many people have had a car accident? If 
No, don't worry. Uh, if, if, if you've ever had a car accident, I've had, I've had a couple, and uh, it was never my fault. You know, I'm just putting it out there. And you have this car accident. How many people know the next time you get into that car, it's not easy to get back into that car? Especially if it's a bad car accident. Suddenly you're hypervigilant. You're looking. You're, you're, every, everything is a car that's moving. The fear... Car accident isn't the problem, it's the fear that will do the greatest damage in our life. Um, I do a walk up to Mount Lofty Summit and uh, uh, through the hills at times. Anybody done that walk? It's a great walk. And um, uh, I've been doing it for about 20 years. I never had a problem. People say, oh, there's brown snakes up there. And I, I saw one one time, it was this big, it was this little. I, I could have, I you know, just squashed it with my foot, no problem. Uh, people say, oh, there's a snake, there's a snake. Never happened to me. A few months ago, I was going on this walk, you know, relaxing walk, just to, you know, recharge my batteries. And uh, I'm walking along, and near a creek bed, there's this snake, I reckon it's 1.2 metres long, curled up. <laughs> um, it saw me, and it got scared, and it ran away. Just putting it out there. Uh, but, I, but, but, it, but it did something inside of me. For the re- this happened, you know, in the first 10 minutes of a two-hour walk, all right? And everywhere I turned was a snake. Every, every branch that br- was a snake. Uh, every movement I heard was a snake. Uh, and, then, and then on this particular walk that I do, it's a path that's, I reckon, 30 centimeters wide. And, and, and you walk in along and there's a sign, oh, beware, there could be snakes along the path. That's all I needed to see. And, you know, everything's a snake. And this, then, then a couple of weeks later, I thought, oh, shall I go on this walk again? Guess which thought came into my mind straight away? There's a snake there. It's not the issue that's going to destroy us. It's the fear that can destroy our hearts. The weed is the compliment someone gave us. The thorn is the pride that's growing in our heart. The weed is the person we prayed for and they didn't get healed. Listen carefully. The thorn is the lack of faith we now have, the unbelief that stops us from praying. The weed is the spouse that doesn't understand us. The thorn is the anger and the contempt, the lack of desire to reconcile. That's kind of growing in our hearts. Spouse won't cure the marriage. The thorn will. Enemy wants us to do one thing. Put all our energy on the weeds and ignore the thorns. The the enemy wants us to just focus on everything that's happening around us. He wants us to focus and put the blame on our parents, our circumstances, our workplace, our spouse. Put all our focus on what's happening around us and ignore what's happening inside of us. You see, because the problem is not us, the problem is the people around us or the circumstances we're going through. God is more concerned about the condition of our heart than the situations in our life. He knows that the thorns are going to do more damage in our life than the weeds. That's why at times God allows us to go through trials because he's doing a work in our hearts. God often doesn't deliver us from the trial. He delivers us in the trial because he's doing something in our hearts. He's doing something in the now while he's working on the eternal. I love this scripture in Corinthians. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose hope. 
Therefore, we don't, we don't stop believing in God, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Inwardly, we are being renewed. Inwardly, there's a work that's happening in our lives. Inwardly, we are changing. Outside, we're getting old. One hair at a time. We're getting old. We're losing it. Uh, and listen to what he says. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. In other words, those situations, those circumstances are doing an Edward work that is eternal. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the stuff happening around us, but what is unseen, the condition of our heart, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Why does God say focus on our heart and not on the circumstances around us? One reason is because our circumstances are temporary. Our heart is eternal. Please don't misunderstand me. God is interested in our circumstances. Please do not misunderstand what I'm about to say here. That's not the focus of the message. God is interested in what is happening around us. He says, call to me on the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. God is interested in our circumstances. Let's not misunderstand the message. We're all in favor of praying and believing that God can change our circumstances, that we will get that job in the name of Jesus, that our marriage can be healed, that things can change around us. I'm all for believing that. The Bible encourages us to pray for that. And God definitely doesn't want us to stay in an abusive environment. That's not the spirit of the word. That's not the spirit of this message. But so often we put all the attention on what's happening around us when the real answer is to work on what's happening inside of us. So often we are, we are so quick to blame everything that's happening around us instead of working on what's happening inside of us. Another reason why God says focus on your heart and not the people around us, because no one and nothing can stop us from fulfilling God's destiny in our lives. Nothing and no one. There's no weed, no person, no circumstance, no situation that can stop us from doing and being everything that God has called us to be. All throughout the Bible, we see examples of this. David is a classic example. Think about the life of David. He was surrounded by weeds. When Nathan came to anoint one of Jesse's sons king, he says, bring your sons here. And so Jesse lines up all of his sons. He doesn't even call David. Didn't even regard him as a son. His brothers hated him. Saul wanted to kill him for no apparent reason. He was fighting one nation after a nation. Uh, He himself made some terrible decisions of his own. Towards the end of his life, his own family, his own sons came against him. Yet God calls him a man after God's own heart. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but that to me is very encouraging. And Jesus, uh, sorry, God um, could could have called his own son after anyone in the Old Testament. He calls him Jesus, the son of David, despite everything that he was and everything that he did. Why? Because all the weeds, all the negative situations in our life cannot stop our destiny. David understood something about the importance of taking care of our heart. In Psalm 51, David says, this is after he had sinned. He sinned. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What a beautiful prayer. In Psalm 139, David says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God already knows our heart. It's not the spirit of this prayer. What David was saying is, I give you permission to expose what's inside of my heart. 
David understood something about having the power of a about the power of having a good heart. And he understood that his future did not depend on the people around him, what had happened to him, what he had done. He understood something about the power of having a pure heart. And he prays, search me, O God, and know my heart. I promise you, if you start to pray this prayer, your life will change. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. Don't pray it lightly. Because if you start to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart, one of the things he's gonna do, he's gonna start to expose some of those Thorns inside of the heart. Then there's um, the life of Joseph. Joseph was surrounded by weeds. Think about all the challenges that Joseph faced. His father was dysfunctional. He had 12 sons, but Joseph was his favorite. Think about that. And it wasn't like subtle. It was like very clear. His brothers hated him. They tried to kill him. He was sold into slavery. Pharaoh's wife accused him falsely and he was thrown into prison. Spent 13 years not knowing what was going to happen to him. 13 years uh, from slavery into, the, into a prison. 13 years. He had no clue what was going to happen in the future. But he went from the prison to the palace because no one could stop his destiny. I love the story of Joseph because through everything that happened, he didn't become bitter or resentful. He had a heart that stayed open and soft towards the things of God. You read the story of Joseph, who was a type of Jesus. He, he never became bitter or angry. There was always a softness about his heart, despite what he was going through. In his life of Esther, Esther had every reason to become bitter and resentful. We don't know what happened to her parents. She was adopted by her uncle. She could easily have become bitter and resentful. Haman was against her, wanted to kill the people of Israel. And she knew she had to approach the king, but she was afraid. And she didn't let fear take a hold of her heart. She stepped out in faith and saved the nation. There is no situation or circumstance or person. There is nothing around you that can stop you from being the person that God has called us to be. Key to fruitfulness is to maintain a heart that is malleable towards the things of God. The key to fruitfulness is not to allow thorns to take root in our hearts. Enemy will always get us to focus on the situation, the person. Jesus, take him home. Jesus, deal with her. He'll get us to blame whatever it is we cannot change rather than focus on what we can. Question, how do we take care of our hearts? How do we take care of our hearts? Once we understand how important the heart is, that fruitfulness depends on it, how do we make sure that no thorns grow in our heart? How do we deal with those thorns that are inside of our heart. Uh, my dad loves gardening. I'm, I didn't get it from him at all. Uh, my dad has a green thumb, and actually all of his fingers are green, the whole bunch, the whole bunch. Uh, he's 87 years old, go to his house, and there's not a blade of grass anywhere uh, in, in that. Uh, they just don't grow. They've given up growing there. Uh, they just say, there's no point. You're going to get pulled out straight away. Over the years, my dad's tried to teach me some gardening skills. He's tried to encourage me in the garden. He used to come to my house, see weeds all over the place, and he'd say, Joe, you've got to deal with this. Now, he doesn't have the gift of encouragement. But anyway, um, you know, he'd tell me in a particular way. But anyway, uh, he would say, all you need to do to, to deal with the weeds in the garden, all you need to do is pull out five weeds a day. That's what he said to me. Pull five to ten weeds every day and you will eliminate all the weeds in the garden. I think it was good advice. Best way for us to deal with the thorns in our heart is every day do some gardening. 
You can't do gardening once a year and expect fruit. It's a natural principle. I'm the type, I'll do gardening once a year, I expect fruit on the trees. I'll come back and see you in a year's time, I expect to see fruit. If I don't see fruit, the Bible says, I'm going to dig you up. That's what the Bible says. I'm one of those kind of gardeners. Gardening is something you do a little bit every day. Gardening is something that you just need to do. You spend a little bit of time every single day and in due season, you shall reap fruit. Same with our heart. It's every day going to the presence of God. Listen carefully. How do we deal with the thorns in our heart? It's every day we go into the presence of God and we pray a simple prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit inside of me. It's every day we go into the presence of God and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I don't know about you, but I I look at my garden. I don't see the weeds. (laughs) I choose not to see them, but they are there. I choose to ignore them. And so often we are a bit like that with our, with our hearts. We don't see the thorns. We know they're there, but, but we just choose to ignore them. As we begin to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me. Then God begins to expose some of those thorns that are in our heart. I remember one time I preached a series on David and, you know, I'm praying with confidence. You know, you've got to pray this prayer and pray it with confidence. Allow God to search you. <laughs> I shouldn't have prayed that prayer. I should have preached a different sermon, something a bit easier. And God began to show me some of the stuff that's inside of me. And I can tell you it wasn't pleasant. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to expose the thorns in our heart, and to gently pull them out one thorn at a time. Allow God to be the gardener in our heart. We often refer to God as our Savior, our healer, our Lord, our provider, our King, our sustainer. Not only is He all of those things, but listen, John says, John 15, he says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Listen, I know you look very spiritual this morning, the whole bunch of you. I know. But all of us have got some thorns in our heart. Can I, can I hear an amen? At least the person next to you has got some thorns, haven't they? They have, haven't they? Lots of them. You can see them very clearly. We're very good at seeing the thorns in everybody else's heart. We struggle to see the ones in our own heart. All of us have got thorns. All of us have got stuff. And you know, blaming is so much easier Blaming means I don't have to take responsibility for what's inside of me. I can blame everybody else that's around me. It's so much easier. Some people go into denial, blame, or they they medicate their pain, you know, with other things. They try and squash it down with medication like alcohol and uh, addictions and sexual addictions and all kinds. They try to squash those things rather than deal with the thorns in their heart. Greatest thing that we can do Just go into the presence of God and say, Lord, I know there's thorns inside of me. Would you gently just expose those thorns and one by one just begin to pull them out? I want you to know the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit isn't a bad gardener. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will come. 
if you will allow Him, if you will open up your heart and just soften your heart before the God and before the presence of God, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to do that, listen carefully, the Holy Spirit will come and gently expose some of those thorns. And as you give Him permission, He will begin to eradicate them one at a time so that our heart can bear much fruit for His glory. In life, we will all go through stuff. Listen, if we had the time, I bet you all of us could come out, get up and tell our story and we've all got stuff. We've all got baggage. We've all got stuff in there. All of us have been hurt. We will get hurt. All of us will go through unexpected crises. We have and we will. All of us will make mistakes. The enemy's hope is that we will spend our whole life focusing on the weeds and not deal with the thorns. Some people think if only I could get rid of those weeds. Some people change church, spouse, cities, jobs. But the issues remain in their hearts. The thorns remain in their hearts. Doesn't matter where you go, your heart comes with you. The real problem is not the weeds, it's the thorns. It's the worry, the fear, the insecurity, the anger, resentment, the pride. All the weeds in the world cannot stop you from your destiny. Please never forget that. Nothing around you can stop you from being the person that God has called you to be. As long as we deal with the thorns in our heart. Maybe there's some people here today, you've got some thorns. seem to be choking the fruit in your life. Some of these thorns have been there for a long time. And God invites us to allow Him to be our gardener. He says, let me be your gardener. Because the more thorns that we remove, the more like Jesus we become, and the more fruit we bear for His glory. In Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? So Pastor Joe, what do I need to do today? What's the take home from this message? I know we do this a lot here at, at Life, but in a minute, we're just going to get pray. We're going to pray for our hearts. I don't want to get to the end of my life and work out that there's a whole bunch of thorns that are choking the fruit in my life. I allow the Holy Spirit to just expose and gently deal with thorns in our heart. Can, can I hear an amen? Your life will live, be lived differently. You will experience more joy, more peace as you deal with the thorns in your life. Your joy and peace is more dependent on what's happening inside of you than what's happening around you. We just need to allow the gardener to do some gardening. So I want you to put your hand on your heart if you want to, only if you want to. We're going to pray for our hearts. And just invite the Holy Spirit to garden our hearts. Because the gardener can see stuff we can't see. And the gardener knows exactly what to do. Never be afraid of the gardener. Never never be afraid of the Holy Spirit. His only desire is to do good in your life. To allow you to become more and more fruitful. And so Holy Spirit, we commit our lives to you. Our hearts to you. Father, you know our hearts better than we know ourselves.
You see things inside of us we can't see. And so Holy Spirit, we just invite you today to come and to help us have a heart that is pure before you. Create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit inside of us, Lord God. Father, do something inside of our hearts, Lord God, I pray. Heal those wounds. Father, I just just sense across this congregation, there are people that have, have been wounded deeply, Lord God. Father, it's, it's, it's a deep wound, Lord God. And, and Father, you're the only one that can help us to forgive the unforgivable, Lord God. Only, only you can help us, Lord God. It's not something we can do on our own, but you're the one that can help us. Holy Spirit, let there be grace to remove those thorns that are so dear to us, Lord God. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. See, see if there's something needs to be changed. By the Holy Spirit, would you just lead us in in the way of life, Lord God? By your grace, for your glory. We just want to be like Jesus. We just want to be like Jesus. We just want to be like Jesus. And we just want to produce fruit for your glory. 30, 60, and 100 fold. So come Holy Spirit, we pray. And we ask this in the mighty and precious name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Been an amazing congregation this morning. Pray the word as we'll go on some soft soil today. You have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Life groups this week. Uh, don't forget, in Jesus' name.